your job is to monitor what goes into your child's ears and eyes and shapes them. Because every child who is fully trained will end up looking like their teachers. I would even love for my daughter to be the kind of girls that these girls are when they're 18 years old. What's up, boss? This is Abraham's wallet. We span the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Here we are back in the automobile once again. On the road again. That song is about a couple of derelicts who family-wise crapped in their own bed because if you're interested in Willie Nelson at all, this is a guy who said over over 50 years of touring, there were many years and decades of his life where being on the road with his drinking and and blues country playing ding-dong buddies felt more like home to him than being in a constricting house with a wife and kids. How's that grab you? That's a great song for our podcast to play. Oh, I guess not good. Yeah, not good. But, it is, I mean, it is about being on the road. There's not a lot of songs that are about being on the road. There's King of the Road. Trailer for sale or rent Rooms to let 50 cents No phone, no pool, no pets Ain't got no cigarettes Ah, but two hours of pushing broom Buys a eight by twelve four-bit room I'm a man of means by no means King of the road That's a great Roger Miller song. Old, that's old country. Yeah. Are we talking too much about music? Hi, everybody. Welcome to Abraham's wallet. I'm sitting here with Mark Parrott. He's ready to give opinions on all sorts of things. And where are we today, Mark? We are right by Robertson's ham, bacon, and sausage <laughs> stuff. Uh, <laughs> we just. I we, think that pretty well locates us for most people. You know where Robertson's ham and sausage is. That's the great thing about podcasting from the road is that I can just look up and the first sign I see is Robertson's ham, bacon, sausage, and now we've come to the actual store and it says they have turkey as well. Oh, they've Um, added that to the menu. So we're in West Texas still driving back towards North Texas. Um... We got to see beautiful Midland. Yep. Probably last week when you were listening, you were probably hearing us driving towards West Texas with a lot of road noise. And now this week is happening, actually the very next day, we're driving back towards the Dallas area from West Texas. So we're headed east. That's right. And it's a whole new day. Yeah, there's trees now. We're starting to get into an area of the Texas that has trees. Um, We're about to go down Ranger Hill pretty soon here, which is a very famous hill in Texas, famous for runaway trucks. 
Uh, it's known for the smell of burning brake pads. Um, so that's Ranger Hill. It's a good time just to put a lawn chair at the bottom and wait for... One of the most famous hills. Not a lot of hills get named. But out here in West Texas, Ranger Hill. Yeah. It was always the, the highlight of the, the road trip when I was a young boy. And we were coming home from Grandpa and Grandma's house. It's, hey guys, this is Ranger Hill. I can put the car in neutral and we'll still go 70 miles an hour down this hill. Woo! George Herbert Walker oh. Bush's. Uh, it, it, well, it was it was George W's childhood home. It was a place where uh, George Herbert Walker bought a house when he was getting into the oil business out in Midland, Texas. I don't know what to say about that except that we saw it. I was shocked at how humble it was. I thought that the Bushes were many generations of family wealth and it was a little 1950s rambler okay well what we thought we would do is um, talk a little bit about um, children and children in the summertime particularly so if you've been um, tuning in to us for a while then you know that we like to be quite intentional with our children in a couple of respects. One is that we want the relationships inside the home to be very strong for our children. We want our children to understand a family vision. We want them to intuit the culture of our home, which is our job as Abrahamic leaders to curate. Um, it should be crystal clear to a child um, that they're under authority in the home, both to mom and to dad. Um, that is not to squash a child. That is to set them free because a child feels safety and security when they know where they uh, fit in the pecking order. And they are down line, or they're, they're uh, yeah, they're on the down line of mom and dad in a home structure. We also want to be real clear about their relationships with their siblings. Um, there has to be mutual support there. Uh, we like the use of the word team for a family. We're all pulling together. So when brother or sister wins a medal, um, they don't grouse about it and fold their arms well why didn't I get a medal they feel like that's a win for the whole team that we celebrate together that's something that my family does when anybody has a win we take it as a family win um, we also want to be clear with our children the relationship they're to have with the world and by that I mean both uh, unbelieving children unbelieving adults whether that's teachers or, or policemen or store owners or anything else that they understand their relationship to people who are not in the believing family of faith 
that they're supposed to have some... Well, Jude refers to it as having compassion mixed with fear. I think that's not a bad description of how your what your children should feel about the world around them. Compassion for the lost mixed with a kind of fear, which is I don't want what's in them to get into me. I don't want their beliefs to seep into mine. Uh, I might be talking about 12 to 15 year olds when I'm saying that. Um, and we also want it to be real clear that, that we want allegiances in our children that are in the home that are stronger than any allegiances that they might have outside the home. So to that end, we've done episodes about this before, just on the subject of tying heartstrings with your children. So we believe in tying heartstrings with your children. We believe that that should happen probably on a daily basis in your home. It should certainly happen on a weekly basis. Maybe somebody's work schedule is such that you you, know, you don't see your physically see your children uh, for a day or two in a week, but it should certainly happen on a weekly basis. We believe that for instance, the beginning of the Sabbath is a great time to bless uh, the wife and then bless the children and to be tying heartstrings of blessing and enjoyment together. Okay, that was a very long lead-in to talking about this summer. So um, the reason that we're here right now, why are we here right now on I-20? How did we come to be here? We're, what, are we, what are we doing in Texas, Mark? Our girls, who have been buddies since as long as they've been alive, really, um, we've kind of made it a thing the last few summers for them to attend summer camp together. So they are doing summer camp at a place called Sky Ranch, which is where I went to summer camp. It's where your wife worked as a counselor. Yeah. Um, and they're there while we are roaming about the state of Texas visiting people. Okay, well, let me ask you, if it's not apparent to everybody, um, I am curating my daughter's friendships. Let me just say that. So, I want my daughter to be friends with your daughter. And, and I have a very close eye on everybody who is close enough with either of my children to influence them. So they can't just be friends with anybody. And I'm watching who they're spending time with and there are relationships that I champion and that I want to encourage. And then there are ones that I want to downplay and minimize. Um, you could ask my daughters which relationships those are because they'll be very clear to them. Uh, my, my daughter has a, a wonderful sweet friend named Zoe and every time Zoe darkens our doors, you will see me throw open the shutters of whatever study I'm in, whatever I'm doing. I run downstairs, I give Zoe a big hug. I say, it's always a great day when Zoe comes into our home and I make her feel special. And she knows, she knows that she is very loved and wanted in my home. And every time she leaves, I say, we have to get Zoe back over. When can we spend time with Zoe again? Because I want that relationship for my daughter. Um, yeah. Yeah, we have the same situation. My kids go to 
smallish private school where there's a mix of, and I don't know the kids that well because I haven't spent that much time with each of their friends, but I know the families quite well. Right. And there's families that we are pushing and saying, not only do we want you to be friends because we love these kids, but this is the type of family that we want to be connected to. <laughs> um, and I think our kids get that, but there's also friends that I say, no, we're not having that kid over. And that gets pretty tricky when yeah. you're dealing with a second grader who says, why? Um, because you got to be careful. Of what, course. Exactly how you say that, because we, we love all these kids. And there's a part of me that says, man, I want... I want some of those kids who I don't really want influencing my daughters to still feel like our home is a sure. place that would take care of them, welcome them, love them. But I don't want them being off by themselves at recess. Yeah. Because I know what that kid says whenever they're around me with my yes. kids, and I don't like it. So You you guys did some joking uh, when, when I saw your daughter when we dropped our kids off at camp, and there was a joke about... Oh, there's this one family, and you mentioned this boy that you hope she marries someday, which, of course, made her squirm. And then she said something like, well, I know I like the older one better or something. And your line was something along the lines of, you can marry any of them uh, in that family. You can, I think, three or four boys. And it's like, you can marry any of those, any of those boys, and it'll all be fine with me. Yeah, that's a, you know, we have between us all daughters, so that's a whole different bag of cats to think about how we're curating and just discussing that's, enough, isn't that, that's another episode saving, I, think, I think so saving for six uh, weddings or whatever it is but it's not that different and, and really I don't ever talk about that stuff because I really am trying to get my 11 year old set up with a guy for marriage <laughs> um, but I do think it's an interesting opportunity just whether we're talking about friends or looking at, at boys, my daughters are not at all interested in boys at all at this age. Good. But, but we're still talking about, let's just talk about the idea that someday you're going to be evaluating young men that might want to take you out on a date. And what are the criteria? Well, it's not that different, the, the criteria that we use um, to think about, well, what makes a good friend? Right. Um, there's... There's certainly some differences, but there's also a lot of overlap, and so we we're trying there. Sometimes we succeed, and sometimes we fail. But um, you're right; there are families that we just tie ourselves as closely to as as we can, and those tend to be the families that produce the friends that we want for our kids. Great. Well, I'm going to get back to camp in a second, and how we how we ended up at camp, and what we think of what we think of that whole process, but I just wanted to take a moment and describe um, what I'm doing with my daughters on this trip, this road trip. about a three and a half week road trip that I'm on with my daughters. I know that not everybody can do that, but I also know that um, if you made it a priority, um, you could probably do a whole lot more than you're presently doing, so I might as well describe it to you. Um, I had the idea, 
that that I would take this road trip with my daughters. Now my wife is going to join us for part of it. Obviously, she doesn't have to be here this week while camp is going on, but she's going to pick up the girls with me at the end. We're going to spend uh, time with family for about five days afterwards. Then my wife will fly back home, and I will drive back home with my daughters. Um, so she, my wife is an event planner, and she had two or three events um, right when we were planning on coming to Texas and spending some time with my parents. So just to describe that, because I think it touches on a few things, I had planned out fun for my daughters. Um, now that sounds really simple, and I know that people spend I probably some time in the summer doing that with your kids, but th this is a point that Michael Pearl makes um, in some of his writings, which is that tying heartstrings with your children should be something that they want. Over time, they want it. So if you were to say, you're going to go to dinner alone with dad tonight, would recent history make them say, oh no, that's going to be a horrible time? Or would they go, oh, based on recent history, going to dinner with dad would probably be a wonderful experience. Um, okay, so I planned fun for my daughters. And as I, would, as I would talk about things to try to hype up this trip, the things that we would be doing... We're going to have time at the pool. We might go to a water park. We're definitely going to go to a rodeo. We're going to go shoot guns with Grandpa one day. That's something my dad would want to do with his grandkids. As I listed out all these things to them, trying to hype up what would we be doing on this road trip, they started to want to know which will we be doing first. Then, wait, will we be going to the beach before or after the rodeo, etc.? And then I thought, aha, I should make a calendar for them. So I took my rudimentary uh, graphic design skills, laid out a calendar for them, which included, I wanted to make it cutesy with a little boots and a cowboy hat. And so I laid it out for them, got that laminated. And they were immediately, their excitement for the road trip went up a significant amount when we had the laminated calendar. And so suddenly there was, in their mind, this is just going to be a wonderful adventure. And then they were just into, where are we going to stop to eat? And which blanket am I going to take in the car? And which book am I going to take? And they were just very excited. I just think the point stands that making things special for when you spend time with your kids so that those heartstrings um, can be tied is, is a good one. And I think some people think, well, if we all, I don't know, if we go to the beach, well, I never got to go to the beach. The kid went to the beach. But you can do things to make that, to make that special and fun and to tie heartstrings and even talking about them afterwards. Didn't we have fun at the beach? What was your favorite thing about when we went to the beach? We can underline and enhance that that experience by the way that we t look forward to it and the way we remember it so anyways I wanted to throw all that out about spending this time uh, making the summer special okay that's great okay now you wanted to talk a little more about the decision to uh, of going to camp at all right yeah so I think 
there's a spectrum when it comes to parenting on how much am I going to let my kids out of my sight? How much am I going to trust them with other people to stay oh, yes. somewhere where I am not? Oh, yes. And I think there's different... People have different levels of comfort here, and I don't think it's actually unjustified to have some skepticism when it comes to sending your kid uh, away from you for overnight adventure. Uh, so yes. maybe talk me through how you guys think about it. We obviously think there's some value because these camps, um, I wish that they were 501c3 kind of uh, charitable organizations, but they are expensive. <laughs> so we're coughing up some dough for our kids to have this experience. Yes. So we obviously believe there's value, but what would you say to somebody who says, I'm not sending my camp, my kid to camp where they're going to get, you know, expo I think I, I read something that 80% of kids who grow up in Boy Scouts have their first experience with illegal drugs at Boy Scout camp. Are you serious? <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but I was told that and I was an Eagle Scout, so. Oh my um, goodness. It was true for me, Stephen. <laughs> but uh, well, no one can argue with your story, Mark. Right. Uh, but yeah, I do think there's some consternation that comes with camp. And at what age? We saw first graders uh, being dropped off for I camp. I know. And they were telling us about they have a pre-kinder camp. I'm talking about overnight camp. At, at, at Sky Ranch, and I was thinking, oh no, the little babies. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, Joe Biden wants to have your kid at three years old. That's probably another podcast, but it was just announced. It might not be another podcast. We might just leave that one to to not be a podcast. But well, it's something to it's something to consider that our government has declared that from the age of three, they want to be have them out of your house and under their tutelage from age three onward. So it's something to consider. Yes. As well, I've made this point with friends before. Christian Christians in general, we, we don't seem too interested in, in training our children. The world is very interested in training your children. They, they want the opportunity. Christians can have a very laissez-faire I'm gonna. I don't want to indoctrinate my children. When I would say that's part of our calling as parents is that we're supposed to indoctrinate our children with truth and give them God's word and give them a foundation of love, etc. So to answer your question, I would. I, I would agree with you that there is nothing. Um, that, that there's nothing um, irresponsible or irrational about having concerns about when do I release my children from my the safe cocoon of my home? That's a good question that everybody should be asking. Um, I, I also think that we need to consider at some point, I won't be able to make that call anymore because they will be out into the world. And they will be spending nights in houses and under roofs that are not mine. So we have to negotiate that somewhere. You have to make that decision somewhere. You can't say it's going to be nothing, no overnights, no uh, relationship with anybody outside our home until you turn 21. And then we turn the faucet on full and then you're just out there in the world. That's foolish because you won't have trained your children 
in any way by doing that. So there has to be some gradation of your children's experience. I'll say for myself, I have been a staunch, um, we're not doing sleepovers, we're not doing overnights, I'm not even entertaining that. That was certainly the case for several years for, for my daughters. Um, we are now in a school community where I probably can't say this um, universally just because I don't know every single family that's in our little school community, but I'm very impressed and very comfortable with the with the people that are in our, our little world. So when my children have said, I've got this good friend, we, wanna, we want to uh, spend the night, my first move has been said, has been to say our house first. So let's get, I don't say that to the parents. I just, that's just our policy. So let's get that kid into our home. We get to know their parents a little more. Okay. Well, I think my, the youngest that we've done that is that I have a nine year old and we did that process, process I just described. And we, I think we let my nine year old do that earlier than, than my older one. Um, so we, we've started that process. Now, obviously, that's a very different thing than going, okay, this is a humongous camp. I don't know how many hundreds of kids are at this camp. But yes, they're there overnight. Yes, they're sleeping there. Yes, the lights go out at some point. And yes, we're trusting our kids to a camp for six nights. So um, that, that's, that's my reaction in general. Yeah, I think I have a little bit of a different take on this because we live in a place where certainly, I know you're you're in Cincinnati where maybe it's not the Bible Belt, but there's a lot of believers that are around you guys. The, we live in a place where there's a very, very small slice of the general population that's believing, following Jesus. And one of the big attractiveness factors for us to send our kids to a, a summer camp um, is will they be exposed to other people who follow Jesus that are from slightly different corners of American Christian church? Uh, I actually think there's value there. And I know kids who grew up where we are in Salt Lake City kind of felt like, well, I never even knew that there were these other kind of expressions of the church in the U.S., and so I kind of think it's cool that our kids get to come to camp and, and experience that. Um, we do set some boundaries on it that are both because I think there's an age where this becomes more appropriate and because, like I've mentioned, it is really expensive to send your kids to camp. <laughs> so we, we said you can't go to camp until you're done with third grade. Um, and that's a point where we felt like, okay, you're ready to go start having some nights away. Um, but yeah, I, I guess my motivation is double, and we even had have tried other camps, both of us, yeah. uh, where we thought the kids had a blast, it was a phenomenal production, but we're looking for something a little bit more Christ-focused than what we got. And yeah. so um, that's another reason why I'm really stoked on Sky Ranch is because from the second we got there, all these kids... Uh, maybe they're faking it. I don't know. We didn't get to know them, but man, they were impressive in their single-minded uh, focus on the reason we're here is to 
uh, expose these kids to to the kingdom this week, and I thought that was awesome. Well, I, I was talking earlier about how the world wants to train your children. Um, every student who is fully trained will end up looking like his teacher. This is Jesus talking. And he's warning about the influences that you open yourself up to. Certainly this goes double for our children. Every student who is fully trained will end up looking like his teacher. I can promise you, parent listening to this podcast, if the trainer of your child is the internet and you let them go unmonitored on YouTube and watch whatever they want for as long as they want, they will be fully trained and they will end up looking like their teachers. If you think that PBS, for instance, is so safe that you don't have to monitor any of the content that comes, PBS will be happy to mold your child into their image. So again, I'm I'm putting out a call that your job is to monitor what goes into your child's ears and eyes and shapes them because every child who is fully trained will end up looking like their teachers okay all right so i'll just underline the point that mark already made which is we're about to plug sky ranch here right It'd be great if there was a sponsorship that came our way or at least a <laughs> steep dis- discount for what we're about to say here. My experience with Sky Ranch thus far has been that they're excellent in the ways of uh, doing a modern camp and there's an app you can write notes to your kid on and they're very organized. It looks like they're very modern. The facilities are very nice. And here comes the clincher. None of those would impress me if um, I just see the fingerprints of the kingdom and the exaltation of the word of God all over them. They did a little promotional video. This is what we're going to be talking about this summer, kids. And they spent the time talking about here's why our theme is biblical and here's what it has to do with the world in which we live right now. And... All of their promotional materials are Jesus-y and scriptural. It's not just Christian like with a, or like a, I don't know, an archery camp with a cross on it. These are people who are, they are, they are, in their promo videos, there's kids spending time, you know, under a tree with a Bible open and having a quiet moment with God. I know that that's in the daily schedule, is hearing God's word, spending time in God's word. It, and, and all of the fun things that come with, you know, a, a big-time sports camp. So what we see and, and is that these people are going to be influencing my children. So when we dropped them off, we had conversations with all of the counselors for our kids. And I'm sitting there as I'm talking to them about their faith and their schooling and their ambitions. I'm sitting there thinking... I would love my daughter to be influenced by these girls. I would love, I would even love for my daughter to be the kind of girls that these girls are when they're 18 years old. So that I'm thinking in those terms all the time about the influence and the input um, that people are giving us. And I'll just make this one last point. It's something that uh, my old good friend Carl Nyquist who lives in uh, Ireland right now, taught me when I was on the mission field as a 20-something. 
I, when I would go visit Carl, who was in Scotland at the time, he was doing college work and I was just out of college. When I would go visit Carl, he would fill up my schedule with one-on-one meetings with his kind of leader guys. And I would say, what am I supposed to do? I, 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 don't, I don't know this guy. You're going to set me up with Sean? I don't know Sean. What am I supposed to do with him? He said, what I'm interested, Stephen, is cross-pollination. If I teach them some things and you teach them some of the same things, they'll stick better if they come out of uh, multiple mouths. So he said, I'm interested in cross-pollination. Just go tell them your story with God. Tell them what you're learning and spend time with them and you will enrich the guys that I'm discipling. And that's just stuck with me over the years that cross-pollination makes a lot of sense. And I want, it, it enriches the story of my home and it enriches my children for them to be around other people, like you were just saying, Mark, different kids from around the country, from Christian families, different counselors and different teachers who are all saying, we love the word of God. We, we love God's spirit. We want more of God's heart. That, that helps my daughters to believe. It helps them to believe. That's awesome. So it, it, it feels like a significant leap for you to leave your child for a week under effectively a stranger's care. So how do you, what, what do you have to say about that choice? Um, I'd say we still aren't doing sleepovers mainly to make it easier to not have to make deep judgments. Um, like you kind of were talking about, we've had some bad experiences where we went and picked a kid up at midnight and looked around and went, what were we thinking? Oh, yeah. Uh, this was a terrible idea to leave a kid here. Praise the Lord. I don't think we've had any bad experiences that had major lasting consequences, but I know a lot of kids do. Of course. Um, that's a real thing, and yep. it's our job to be uh, protective yep. uh, against that stuff. So uh, I think maybe I'm less less on the sleepover uh, bandwagon with camp um, just to be very pragmatic I, I think there's a lot of checks and balances yes. on some of the really gnarly things that can happen yeah. uh, I think there's usually there's never a situation where there's a one one adult one child no um, and that makes me feel a lot more comfortable in a setting like camp than I would hey, just go spend the night at this friend's house who I may not know them or their family hardly at all. Okay. All right. Now you... Fair enough. So you, you, you're you saying something about summer adventures. Oh, I just wanted to say it doesn't have to be a three-week road trip or anything. I, I think there's something magical about time in the car, and I think moms know this a lot because a lot of times... Uh, if you have a, a mom who's staying at home, she tends to be the one primarily driving kids around. As dads, we don't, depending on your, your scene, you may not get as much time in the car. Um, and I've had just these breakthrough moments with my kids when we were on road trips specifically because there's extended time in the car. And, and my kids are different. One of them... I need about 10 minutes with her before she just starts spilling her guts to me, and she loves it. Yeah. One of them, the oldest one that I'm with this week, she needs two days. She's the vault. To, to warm up. Uh, so that's where 
I just would encourage the dads to find a way. Road tripping is a good option. It's not the only one. Camping. Camping is a version of a road trip, right? Where you're just kind of trapped for tons of time. For sure. Um, find a way to have that uninterrupted long time, even if it's, you know, we did a, a family trip a couple summers ago, and I drove, and my wife flew, kind of what your wife's doing this week, and I took a different kid with me on, on each leg, and that was fun. Yeah. Uh, it was very fruitful, and we still look back on that drive as, wow, you remember these experiences we had, and they were, I'm not... I'm not as good as you probably at planning the every moment of the trip, but yeah. we had these impromptu awesome experiences and made sure to put slack in the schedule so that when there was something worth pulling over for and doing, we could do it. Um, and that was kind of great. So yep. I'm just reinforcing what you said, that scheduling long stretches of time uh, to be with your kids in the summer even if it's two days where you're going to drive out and back somewhere. Yep. That can be really fruitful. And years later, I'm still talking about some of those those experiences as breakwater moments in my relationship with my kids. That's cool. Yeah, so you've got maybe two months of uh, summer left when you're listening to this. I would, I would encourage... Um, Mark's talking about getting that time away. I would encourage you to find... One and one outing of you just with each kid alone, if you can swing that. One outing and think of distance. So I'm sure there might be a great putt putt place near your home, but there might be a good one that's an hour and a half away that you could also go to. And now suddenly, one you just ramped it up as oh, we're gonna go for Cincinnati, be like, oh, we're gonna go to Indianapolis for the day. Whoa. You just bumped it up in importance. You also just bought yourself three hours of car time where you can just share hearts with your child. So I, those are wins. So um, anything else about summertime adventure? No. I mean, the last thing I would say is don't do stuff that you hate doing, though. Uh, because did you hear me recommending that people should do things they hate? No, 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 no. I'm saying sometimes there's a temptation to do kid stuff exclusively. And I don't think anything you described was that. But, you know, I think there's a time and a place where you go to the theme park, even if you don't like going to theme parks. But one thing we've been doing this summer is saying we're going to do the stuff that we enjoy and we're going to make it fun for our kids. Uh, so it doesn't have to be... That's good doesn't have to be you sacrificing your Saturday to go do the thing, go to the bounce house park with the kids and just sit there and pretend like you're having fun. If you love going golfing, take your six-year-old to the driving range and teach him to hit a golf ball and make a big deal of it. They'll think that's awesome. Yep. If you love, you know, riding dirt bikes, figure it out. Get, it, get your kids out there and, and you know let them crack their skulls open or something yeah yeah, like, yeah why yeah, not yeah, yeah sure so i just think it's important to do stuff that you enjoy and your kids will see that and they will think it's so cool that i'm doing dad's hobby great well i'm sure that you probably have the big chunks of your summer already figured out by now when you're going to go on whatever trips 
but we would encourage you while schedules are a little more flexible during the summer and you don't have the crunch of school and homework and weekly activities that you exploit them for the sake of your family because um, God gives seasons to us and there are unique opportunities with each season. Please don't waste your summer away by uh, watching TV and eating Oreos and drinking Dr. Pepper. Those are wonderful American pastimes, but they're not going to develop the kind of family that you and I dream about and that Abraham modeled for us. So make the most of this summer. Have a great time with your family. And may the summer lead your family closer to God and closer to one another. Bless you on your summer adventures. For Abe's Wallet, I'm Stephen. I'm Mark. Bye. It was the dark of the moon on the 6th of June in a Kenworth pulling logs. Cab over Pete with a reefer on and a Jimmy hauling hogs. We is heading for Bear on I-10, about a mile out of Shaky Town. I says, Pigpen, this here's a rubber duck, and I'm about to put the hammer down. Back off them hogs. Good, 10-4, about five miles or so. 10 Roger, them hogs is getting intense up here.